Welcome to a special edition of Buddy Cast. Folks, we have a real treat for you tonight. Trust me, I've talked to this guy beforehand, and he is incredible. Super nice guy, super talented. He showed me a little bit of his work, and honestly, I'm excited for this episode. So please give a warm Buddy Cast welcome to my new buddy, Chris Herring. Thank you for being on the show. That was excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was so, excellent. I love the I love the part where you changed it into the little donut. You know, like. <laughs> but I love the ending. That was spectacular. Well, uh, first off, thank you for having me, Nick, and and well, just. Definitely. I, I know we talked before, and uh, it's 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 a pleasure to be here and to meet everyone that's out there watching. Most definitely. Most definitely, you got quite a few views there when you were doing your tricks. So, <laughs> thank you. Yep. Now let's start out. How did you get into magic in the first place? Oh yeah, that's that's a great question. So just like everyone else, you start off when you you know you're a little kid, and I started off some sometime between five and seven, and uh, that kind of just trickled into you know, a, a lifelong hobby. And, you know, to be quite honest, I'd never really had the ambition to do magic, you know, on, on the stage or, or even 
like this, you know, uh, something that it, that is like a huge presentation, like a theatrical presentation. I just like tricks, just like any other kid. And one of my greatest influences was Harry Houdini. I think that was the first recollection I had of, you know, the first magic I ever seen and that stayed with me for the rest of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that's how I really started magic was that, that first, you know, seeing of the first magic trick from Harry Houdini. And uh, I, I have a bunch of posters of him and he's just, you know, some, he's just a legend, you know, a superhero to me. Most you know? definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Harry Houdini is one of your influencers. Do you have any other influencers, like any other famous magicians that have influenced your career? Definitely. So my, my, my mentor, his name is Jeff McBride. He is in the Magic Hall of Fame, and he is the Guinness World Book record holder for fastest hands. I, I used to watch him, you know, as a young kid, and he'd do these card manipulations, stuff that, you know, I, I love seeing, you know, they just appeared in, in his hand, and, you know, you would see, like, multiple cards falling out of his hands, and then he used a mask. And it wasn't necessarily the, the cards or the sleight of hand that he was doing. I had seen him on TV, like national TV, I think sometime in the 90s. And he used this mask and he made this mask come alive. And that really touched me. I said, you know, that is a very, very powerful, you know, sort of magic that he's doing. And I was hooked. So I followed him throughout my teenage years, all the way up until my 20s when I I watched him first, the first time ever live in Las Vegas. And he was performing there at this place called, you know, Caesar's Magical Empire at Caesar's Palace Hotel. And he was performing this act called uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's where he's pulling coins from this bucket and they, they're just endless coins. He was going to do that. And I could recognize that that's what he was about to do. And out of all the kids, out of all the adults, he pulls me back up on stage. And, and uh, at the very end of that performance, he gives me a wand. And he says, the masters, you know, the tradition of the magicians is to hand a wand or a knowledge, the, the magical knowledge down to the apprentice so he could carry it on. And that was like 20 odd some years ago. And, and I kept that wand with me. I would, I won't, I, I didn't meet up with him till later on, maybe 20 years after that in, in a class in Las Vegas that he was teaching. And, you know, and so he would be the primary influence for me mm-hmm. as far as my influence in style influence in you know my approach to magic it's jeff mcbride and you know if you ever get a chance to watch him you know you will see a a real master at work let me ask you do you still have that one today i do I, i i absolutely do and someday i'll show it to you it's it's locked up in a case and there's a little message on there that uh that that is inscribed and what's on the the one 
is it's it says what you believe is real is real and at the time i didn't know what that meant you know but as i started performing it made more sense when you're on stage you know people uh, they they don't really subscribe to the fact that magic is real it, and to me it's it's entertainment but as a magician you should believe what you're doing is real so that people can feel this you know this this truly magical experience because if if it if you don't believe it's real then how can someone else feel it's real and and that's that's the real magic you know behind mm -hmm. that message you know, there was a lesson there and I, i'll always remember that i i use that principle till today mm -hmm. it begs the question do you believe in magic <laughs> i do i i do believe in magic but maybe not in the sense that other people think you know do do i believe in the sense that magic is a feeling and a, an emotion that can really you know astonish or inspire someone yes and i i really look at that you know whatever if you're seeing an illusion and it sparks this emotion within you whether it's to be happy or sad or even just with laughter to me those moments are magical because when when you go through those moments at least for me my teacher would always tell me, he says, magic is medicine and magic heals, you know? So it's a lesson like, you know, you could change someone's day by doing a simple trick, you know? And, and honestly, Nick, I think that is the theme of everything I do on stage is it is, is I want it to, you know, connect with you in some way, you know? Because I, I believe that's where the magic lies. Most definitely. So what's it like performing? Well, I, I, I still get nervous, you know, no matter, even for here, I, you know, I, I get nervous. There's always going to be some technical difficulties along the way. I think, you know, you should always expect that something's going to go wrong. But I think what I really look forward to is being able to to express my voice and, you know, my, you know, my authentic voice to people. And, you know, for me, it at the very end, you know, when when you finish, that's the most gratifying part of it. Right. And I, I know you perform as well as as a comedian and even with the podcast. It's it's gratifying that you 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 kind of connected with people in that way, and so that's what I look forward to. And and sometimes they don't connect, but that's okay. I I think just the simple fact that I was given the the privilege and the honor to just be here to share magic is is you know more than I can ask for. Definitely, absolutely. So how did you come up with your character Foss? Well, that, that, that's a great question. Um, when I was, I was sick maybe about 10 years ago with cancer and I went through chemotherapy. I went through the whole, you know, the whole shebang with, with treatment. 
And I knew that if I, if I was going to get through it, if I was going to get through this ordeal, that I wanted to write about it. So during cancer, I started writing about this fictional character. But I think later on, you know, I started you know, becoming influenced by this character named Faust. And it's, it's a book from the 16th century about a man who sells his soul to the devil. But I, I asked myself, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone sell their soul to the devil? And so I, I put myself in that position and I, and I came up with the reason that the only way I would do that if, if, if I was desperate to change. And at that time, because I was going through cancer, that really, really connected with me. Would I change my situation? And hypothetically, if, if there was a situation like Faust where this, you know, deal was made between you know, between me and the devil, would I take it? And it's a good question that I had to, to ask. Mm -hmm. But instead of pondering it, you know, in, in like a realistic sense, I wanted to take those emotions of that desperation that Faust had and place it into this character. And through the years, it just kind of gravitated into to what, what I have now. And Faust is really a daydreamer. That's who he is, and he's dated everything that you just saw was mm -hmm. a dream, you know, about who he wants to be, you know. Mm -hmm. But that, that's absolutely a great question, and that's the gist of, of my character, Faust. Now, it doesn't pull directly from, you know, the, the book itself, but it does pull on the, the emotional aspect of who Faust was and what he was going through. And I, I love the, those particular types of stories where, you know, there it's, you, you have this sort of hopelessness, but through the hopelessness, you have some light, you know? Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned desperation, you know, we're kind of in a desperate time here with COVID-19 where, you know, yeah. we're just in that time frame of just, we want to, do we want to come on top of this kind of like you with, uh, cancer. Let me ask you, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm a clean bill of health. You know? <laughs> and that that's the thing. You, know, I wouldn't be doing magic if it weren't for you know. Just it took me years to rehabilitate. I had uh, developed a Parkinsonian tremor in my hand where I would shake constantly, and I had to give up magic for several years. Like I put you know magic away. And I just, but it was always in my head. I always read about it. I always watched it. And I think my wife, she like encouraged me to take a magic class. And I, at the time I was, I was intimidated because it was someone who, uh, it was being taught by someone who I had admired and saw as a hero. Well, when I went, it just sparked this whole, you know, this, this kind of like new beginning. Mm -hmm. And and with the people that I was down there, it's, it's called the Magic and Mystery School. They supported what I wanted to do, and it was wearing a mask and doing pantomime and uh, stuff that you know I love. And and fortunately, I had a good teacher that 
brought me to where to where I was today. And you know, going forward from that, I remember that wand always because I feel like it was the beginning of my journey. Because 20 years later, I was on the stage doing my Las Vegas debut with my teacher who I admired and was my hero. And just like how you were introducing me into the, into the show, he was doing that and I was literally tearing up in the, in, in the, in the backstage because I asked myself, how did I get here? You know, how did I get here? But I stopped asking and I just said, you know, this is, this is magic. This, this right here is magic. Mm -hmm. Now going back to my uh, older question, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you real quick. What? Um, let's get this question out of the way. Yeah, sure. How do you think? How do you think COVID has impacted the magic industry? Like, how's it impacted you personally? Yeah, definitely. I think prior, and I. I think I can speak for a, a lot of magicians out there, especially my friends. Mm -hmm. I think you know, with our schedules, most of us had schedules going out to the next year doing shows. And when COVID hit, we, it didn't really kind of settle in with us. And then all of a sudden, everybody canceled. Uh, you know, literally everyone canceled at least my shows. And you're sitting there thinking about, okay, what now? Do I just wait? And the waiting just kept on going into more waiting. And, you know, my friend, his name is Jonathan Molo, who would be a great guest, by the way, for you. He started this thing called the Virtual Magic Show. And I didn't know anything about Zoom. I didn't know anything about StreamYard or anything like that. And he says, hey, come on. I want you to perform and do this thing. And I had to relearn all the technology involved in it. And it started taking off. And to be quite honest, I've been since COVID, I've been so busy doing these shows on zoom that i never would have you know thought about doing ever prior to covid in fact i have a show tomorrow uh with with a, a two group of gentlemen by the name of dean and rick they're from the united kingdom and it's being hosted by jonathan molo and that's going to happen 11 a.m pacific but it just it shows you it's it's the the industry for me some have adjusted real well to this and mm -hmm. and some haven't but i always yearn for the the live performance you just can't replace that mm. you, know, you just can't yeah. but i think this is a platform that we have to accept as being there now you know and i think it's okay I, I really do, but I think when live shows start appearing again, then most definitely, you know, you you can't replace that 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 sort of human connection with people being right in front of you. you know? Truly, it's like comedy, you know. You yeah. can do fifty virtual shows, but at the same time, you miss that that laugh. That laugh is like a hit for you, you know. Like you're just, it's like a whip of the, like the best smile in the world, you know. It's like right. You, you know, you can see people type in LOL on the screen, but like, you know, you, no one, it's like hearing that laugh inside. It's like music to your ears. 
you definitely feed off of that energy, you know, and and so I I think it's very hard to feel it here in this plat platform. But I'm not saying that it, it's completely impossible either. You know, it, mm -hmm. it can definitely you can connect with people through this medium, and and I I kind of look at that as a task that I you know try to study all the time. How do I connect with people and and i i believe that it's very possible through movement and gesture and just you know my interaction with uh, with people through the screen is it the same no but it, it definitely is an attempt to do that mm -hmm. now did you did i hear you right are you part of any organizations or anything like that? Yes, so I'm part of the Magic Castle in Hollywood, which is a private club in Los Angeles. And it's a great place if you ever get a chance. And you, it's invite only. But if you are a magician or just an enthusiast of magic, it's probably something you have to see at least once in your life. There are several rooms in there, and you will you will indulge in mystery and magic all throughout that place. It's an old Victorian mansion. It dates back to the early 1900s. So there's a lot of history in there. A lot of great people um, from you know magic have been in there and continued to go in there. And for me, getting you, you have to audition to get in. Getting in led to so many great friendships for me but yet it was a great place to learn and hone my craft from other you know seasoned magicians there and that's the great thing about the magic castle is that they're you know they hold lectures all the time so if you're very serious then you know it's the place to be i'm also part of the magic circle in london which i just recently got into and uh, I, I, I haven't been there yet, but to give you an idea, it's like all, over 100 years old. And uh, some of the membership there, you know, it, it's, it, it's a lot of the who's who. And uh, I think Prince Charles of England is, is a member. And it, it's quite a, um, quite a legendary place, if I may say. Uh that was beautiful. I hope to see that place one day. You'll have to get me an invite, you know. You're, you're, you're always invited, uh, definitely. And we'll talk on the side about that, and I'll give you a personal tour. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm interested. Yeah. Now, let's go to a feel-good story. Give me a, give me a good feel-good story about you performing, like a story that's always stood out to you. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, I think – Performing, I think feeling good always happens when you know you've connected with people. And I think the more and more I get to know this, this particular character and the more I'm able to share it naturally and organically with, with people, I, I'm very satisfied with, you know, with the performance. But I, I mentioned it briefly before. Anytime I perform with my teacher, he, he brings this energy to the, to the stage. 
that I feed off of. And, and the first time that I performed with him was in, in his club at the, the Vegas Wonderground. And it's in Las Vegas, off strip. But when you get a different sense of magic there, you get uh, different styles. And he, he brings a very theatrical magic, but yet it, it's, it's kind of like he describes it as Burning Man meets, you know, uh, the magic community or, or Burning Man meets Vegas. But you get that sort of eclectic, eclectic artistic vibe in there. And once you walk in, it's unlike to me any other Vegas show. You know, it, it's, it's really uh, a feel-good place. I love performing there. Every time I go there, I, I come out with a sense of, you know, this is why I fell in love with magic. And like I said, when he introduced me, he made such a huge deal that it was my first time in Vegas. He, he did an act, his old card manipulation act that he hadn't done in, in years, just so that he can introduce me onto the stage. And that night I, I had felt like, you know, this guy is really really making it memorable for me, you know? And that in itself was a magical experience for me. I, I don't remember, you know, a lot of my performances anymore because, they're, you know, they, they just, you know, you do them and you do them and you do them, but that one sticks out to me the most. You know, it, it, it's just, it was a special moment for me, you know? It sounds like he truly believed in you, you know? And he still does. So I still work with him for the last three years. We've been working on this particular act for the last three years together. Um, and it really started taking off once he, he got his hands on, on the idea of where I wanted to go with. And I think that that's a very, in, you know, in many cases, that's a traditional kind of uh, relationship between student and master, for, at least from magician's sake, there's always the master and the apprentice. And, and if there was any sort of advice I would give to anyone in the field, I would say, find, you know, find a teacher and be mentored by that teacher. And hey, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So let me ask you this part. What's your favorite, what's your favorite trick of all time? Well, why don't I just show you what the, what the favorite trick is? Of course. <laughs> Let's do it. And I will step off stage. This is called, for you, Nick, it's called the Broken Music Box. And it is one of my dear favorite effects. Prepare to be amazed, buddies.
beautiful you know what let's keep the show going do you have any other tricks you could perform for us today i, I do i absolutely do now if if i may i i i like to preface it with you know a little a story so everything that i've done thus far represents a very old and ancient art form called pantomime and basically it's the art of storytelling without words and my character Faust is is a daydreamer. So what you are about to see is my final performance for all of you, and it's called the Toast. And I do hope you enjoy. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. 
like that you know <laughs> thank you I, I really do hope that the audience enjoyed i know it's a different kind of magic but it it definitely is an expression of of what i love most and and i i do hope that everyone enjoyed mm -hmm. the interview's not done yet my friend i got <laughs> two more questions for you yes the first being if you could have your audience donate to any charity of your choice who would you choose and why? Well, it would be DeMilloAcademy.com. Uh, and they're, they're a magic organization that I'm part of. And mm -hmm. essentially, it's, it's to get, you know, the kids to learn this particular art form or any other variety art form. Sometimes there are kids out there or and, and maybe even young teenagers that, aren't financially able. And so DeMillo Academy is a nonprofit organization. It's a 501c3 organization, which means you get tax exempt if you donate, donate. but it's affiliated with a lot of the other um, prestigious magic schools. 
and I, I think that it has a great cause. And at least look them up. You'll see me involved with, with them in a few shows. This, what we do here is a lost art. And, you know, I hope that this academy and many others continue to keep that legacy by passing it on down to our future generations. And that's, that's, that would be my first pick there, Nick. Most definitely. Now you mentioned future generations, so it brings up the perfect opportunity for my final question here. Yes. What is your advice to anyone who wants to become a magician who wants to, you mentioned something earlier about a mentor, but what's your ultimate advice for anyone who wants to be magic or is practicing magic even? Yes, I, I think there are two ways to go about, you know, magic. One is the first way where I, I approached it as a hobbyist and an enthusiast. And that to me will always be something part of my heart. And, you know, I think if, if you just start there and find some kind of magic that you like, let the magic take you on this journey to wherever it may lead. Because initially for me, it was just a hobby. And I didn't think anything about doing this and performing for a public. But it, it took me and it grabbed hold of me and I was attached to this, to this journey of magic. And if you do decide to go to magic on a professional level, then there are books, there are mentors out there that can hand down the knowledge to you. And, you know, it... For me, that would be a real treat just to see the, the, the legacy and knowledge of magic being handed down. So let the journey take you, you know, whatever it may be. A lovely answer. Thank you so much for joining us here on BuddyCast. I had a blast watching you do magic. I learned a lot from you. I'm sure our audience has done the same. We thank you so much for being here and can't wait, you know, If you ever have any shows or anything coming up, let us know. We'll be glad to help you out, you know? So. Thank you, Nick. Yep. Thank you again. And as I tell all my buddies on this show, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. My piece, my advice to you, go be someone's buddy. And we'll catch you. Yep. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Good night, everyone. Good night.